Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. I'm still like it was it was so close. <laughs> it was good in the first half. Had him in the first half, not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, we are back on another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. Jake and I, Mike, will be joining us shortly. So Jake and I are gonna talk about a few things uh not badgers related before we do that. Mm-hmm. Um oh, first things first, I'm gonna say is today is the last Wednesday without basketball discussion for a long time. Yep. Until next spring. Yeah, um, yeah, so what I'm going to say is next Wednesday is our Milwaukee Bucks primer. Steven Watson is going to join us for that. So we're excited for that. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have Steven Watson with us for our Bucks primer. Then the following week, Mike's going to be joining us again. That's going to be our Badger basketball primer. So a lot of basketball stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, before we bring Mike in here, Jake, I just want to talk about one thing. Okay. Uh, Carlos Santana is a finalist for a Gold Glove Award at first base. Uh, William Contreras and Bryce Terang are not finalists at their positions. I saw that. That's That's... mega trash. I can can understand Contreras, even though that still sucks, but there is no excuse for Bryce Terang not to be on. Sorry. And the thing is, is that Ha Sung Kim, who is probably the guy who should win it at second base, in my opinion, is also a finalist as a utility player. What the fuck? Just put him as a finalist as a utility player and give Bryce Terang a nomination. That's yeah, for real. Ah, uh, whatever. Bryce Terang led Major League Baseball in defensive runs saved at second base. Can't even get a nomination. That's trash. That is so trash. Yeah. Um, William Contreras we'll talk more about when we... Uh, when we have another Brewers segment coming up later on. But um, today, we're just talking Badgers. So we got Mikey back with us. Uh, we're going to be talking. We're going to recap the Iowa game. It's got to be done. Uh, Jake and I talked about it a little bit yesterday in, in an episode that's going to be coming out of a different podcast. So keep an eye yep. out for that. Um, other than that, I mean, it's it's got to be done. So we got to talk about it. So let's just jump right in. Let's start with the power pair and the underrated performer. Uh, Jake has the offensive power pair. So we went with the guy that scored all the points on Saturday, and that is Vakos. Uh, he was two for two, 100%. So I decided to add a little extra. So I don't, I'm not just talking about two field goals. Um, so far this year, he is two for two from 20 to 29. He is five for five from 30 to 39. He is two for two from 40 to 49. And he is one for two from 50 to 59. He made that 50-yarder on Saturday. It was a 52-yarder. So, altogether, I mean, great percentage. And he's 17 for 17 from extra points. So, can't ask for much more from from Bacos this year. Yeah. And you could argue that's the best transfer of this whole whole thing because yeah. it, it's just such night, night and day, I think, from a kicking standpoint, like how far we've come. Like, people don't think about that, but if you, like, I guarantee you if you compare this to like recent years and Badger 
kicking history. Like that, it doesn't come close. Like this guy, he's got a like Vakos has a leg. And is it Vakos or Vakos? I think it might be Vakos. I, think but, I thought it was Vakos. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, that was one hell of a pickup. There's no doubt about it. I mean, even the one kick he missed this year. I mean, he had plenty of leg on it too. It just yeah. hooked to the left or right. So we definitely have a kicker. This and this dude's well on his way to play it on Sundays. Somebody will look at him. <laughs> I, I agree with that. So the thing about kickers is kickers are the same way as running backs is they're not a problem until they're a problem, right? Yeah. You don't notice that you don't have a good kicker until you don't have a good kicker. And it's kind of like notice. with offensive line too. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like certain dudes' names. Yeah, I, I got yeah, you. I agree 100%. So, and that's, that's a disrespect for some positions. I pulled it up. Nathaniel Vacos, it is somewhat limited. Uh, does have the highest kicking percentage for Wisconsin since the year 2000. Yeah. Uh, Nate Van Zels, to his credit, is second, but his field goal um, attempts and makes, he was 11 for 14 and 35 for 35 on extra points. Uh, that's a 78.6% percentage on field goals. Uh, Vakos is already 10 for 11, so that's 90.9% yeah. on field goals. Yeah. Um other than that, I mean, going before that, Colin Larsh is number six at 72.3% on his field goals. Um, yeah, uh, Vito Calvaruso is only one for three. I mean, it's... you got a pretty rough stretch. The legend of for the Badgers. So Vacos <laughs> being at basically 91% is actually very helpful. Yeah. Yes, it is. All right, Mike has our defensive guy. Yeah, so with uh, Iowa running the ball so many times, there's definitely plenty of opportunities for, for dudes to make some tackles. But we're going with our boy, C.J. Getz, who, um, as our viewers know, we've had on this show. He was our first uh, guest on the football side of things. But, uh, no, he, he, was all, he, was pretty, he was all over the field. I mean, I don't want to bring up injuries or anything, but he did have that hit on Eric all the tight, the tight end, but that was one hell of a hit. That's as good as it sucks to take out a guy's knee, but honestly with a bang, bang play like that, um, right. you his know, quarterback was, didn't do him any favors with a throw either. Not saying the cross, that the quarterback yeah, got the player injured, but I mean, if that ball is around his chest, um, you know, gets can hit him at the waist or in the chest instead of, you know, with a guy bent over, like, where do you go? You can't go helmet to helmet with them. So yep. it's kind of tough. So, yeah, anyway, he had five total tackles, but I think the biggest he had the biggest call is he had one pass deflection, and then he two and a half of those tackles were for loss. Um, and then that's the best that was the best on the team. So um he was definitely a presence in in the backfield, and it's definitely something that uh needed to be noted uh at, after this past game. Yeah, and Jake and I we broke down a, a play of him uh making a really nice play in the backfield against Rutgers as well mm -hmm. so seeing him developing is really cool and hopefully continues for underrated performer there was a few guys i could have gone with i thought about going with petrowski i thought about going with daryl peterson i even thought about going with michael fertney for diving on a fumble that was at a really crucial point in the game i actually considered yeah. giving him the underrated performer but i had to call back to one of my guys uh, one of the guys that i was excited for coming into the season on the offensive side of the ball and I went with Bryson Green, and I know, Mike, you're going to talk about him later, so I'm just going to lay out his stats, uh, and then we'll talk about him a little bit more later. But Bryson Green had five catches for 86 yards, 17.2 yards per reception. He accounted for 37.7% of the Badgers receiving yards on Saturday. 
So we're going to do things a little different today. Instead of starting with um, offense, we're going to start with defense. So, Dave, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what what improved on the defensive side of the ball? So what improved was the play calling, in my opinion. And I will give a little bit more context into what I mean with this when I talk about what my two improve is. But I really just felt like the play calling was phenomenal on Saturday, given the circumstances. Going into it, you know that you have a quarterback who's not experienced, uh, not slinging the ball a lot. And like I broke down last week, Eric All was really the entire offense. You know, the week the week prior to this, uh, I told you that Hill had six completions, five of them to Eric All. And he was the guy that you had to take away. So I thought the Badgers were going to do that very well. I think that he mixed up his zone and man very well. Um, we know going into the game that I was going to run the ball but he did a good job mixing up coverages, mixing up blitzes. And I just thought that he called a really, really good game. He can't force people to tackle, which we have talked about a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's a thing where like people be like, Oh, it's the coach's job to teach him how to tackle. Listen, they've all been playing football for years and years and years. Right. There's at a point, the responsibility shifts more to the players and the coaches when it comes oh. to performance. Absolutely. Player execution. Like you say, like I say that all the time, like, Coaching, you can coach as much as you can. It is up to the players. You know, I mean, I say that for football. I say that for Badger basketball, too. At one yep. point, are you going to put it on the players at some point to go execute? For me, it's free throws for basketball. Right. But um, You can yeah. put them in the position to succeed, but they still have to do it. Correct. Yes. Um, one other thing, and this isn't what I had as, as improved, is I'll say the, the just the pass rush pressure. Is, yeah. is something I'm noticing that's improving. So I'll throw that out there. Uh, the thing for me that improved was the third down defense. And this is actually something that's been like a two-week improvement. So looking at it against Iowa, four for 17, which is less than 25% conversion, uh, following a two for 12 against Rutgers. So the Badgers mm -hmm. defense is getting off the field on third downs, which is huge. Um, especially for, you know, talking about an offense that's going to be in some difficult spots, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but putting them in positions where they're going to have more opportunities and they don't have to, you know, sit on the sideline and get cold and, um, you know, just think themselves into worry on the next possession of what, you know, what they need to do, what can go wrong, but instead, you know, just being back in the game and just, and just going at it again on offense. So the Badgers third down defense is doing really great. Um, Mike, is there anything else that you wanted to toss out there that's getting better? Um, you know, I'm just going to piggyback off of the third down defense because that was actually a problem when we were, I think it was Purdue, especially in that second, in that second half, we were giving up big plays and that was on third down and you know, our rushing defense as well. But, um, you know, we, Purdue was dead to right until the second half. That's when they caught fire and we were giving up big plays on crucial moments like third down. So, um, just piggybacking off of that and how much we are improving. That's just a big call out, I think. Yeah. And we might be looking for the Badgers defense to carry a little bit. So Jake, what's something yeah. that you're looking at for what needs to improve still? So what needs to improve is the consistency, man. And I talked about this last week is last week. I said they needed to build upon a good, you know, game and they did still have a good game. But they had too many missed tackles. Let's just be honest, right? Um, they had one missed tackles versus Rutgers, which is about as clean of a game as you're going to get, obviously. Awesome. Zero missed tackles is as clean as you're going to get. Yep. 
You know, Jordan Turner alone had four missed tackles by himself. Two on third down. There you go. Yeah. Those, those are, those are yeah. killers. Yeah. And he he actually missed a tackle on that long touchdown run, that 82-yarder. That is something that absolutely cannot happen when you know the circumstances. Eric Hall was out of the game. You still have, you know, a below-average quarterback. I don't mean to, like, call out a kid, but he's below average. Um, and you know the game plan with Iowa. They're going to try to kill clock with how that game was going, shorten the game, um, get after our quarterback. That was the game plan. It was as simple as that. And for them to be able to run the ball as successfully as they did, and, yes, 82 of the 200 went in one play, wrap up and tackle, guys. That's just ridiculous. And I don't know what happened to Njog Meta, but apparently he got jumped in the on the depth chart by Jake Cheney. Um, yeah. You know, Jordan Turner missing four tackles. I mean, we got we got a lot of stuff in transition right now, a lot of stuff that we didn't think was going to happen. Um, when you're in a, a year where you change coordinators, you know, defensive, offensive, you change head coach, we got a bunch of different guys in. You're going into this season, and we're, we're going to be leaning on certain people, right? And, and Maymo was one of those people. Jordan Turner, you know, he's a returning guy that, you know, showed potential. I mean, there's just a lot of guys that we were supposed to be leaning on and we're not. So that's making the transition a little bit harder than it's supposed to be. So at the end of the day, uh, like I said, the, the play calls are the play calls. And, you know, to take the words out of Jair's mouth, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Players got to execute. It's as simple as that. You got to tackle, especially against a team that's going to run heavy. So that's what I'm looking for. Just, just continue to fly around because I think they have the right idea, but they got to finish plays. Right. Yeah, the I'll say this where we can see the light at the end of the tunnel that is, you know, the potential of having a really dominant defense. I agree. I agree. Yes. Um, as far as Cheney versus Njong Meta goes, I think they've said that they think Cheney is a better coverage linebacker, and that's why he's playing a little bit more. Uh, which, which I'm, you know, not that I'm saying I'm fine with Njong Meta playing less, or you know that I'm not, you know, bummed out that he's not progressing the way that we had hoped. But I am actually excited for Jake Cheney. Um, I yeah, think absolutely. he's actually developing pretty well as a linebacker. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, John Meta and, and obviously Jimmy Leonard's defense, he, he was doing really well. Obviously, there's something going on with that. Might be from a scheme perspective. But uh, no, I mean, Jake Cheney had 11 tackles this last game. So, I mean, the, the guy's yeah. all over the field. So, he's no definitely no joke. Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking maybe these last two weeks specifically with both teams being run heavy that uh, Muma would have gotten a little more action, but um, you know, it's obviously coaches must see some, something else different or um, and it is what it is. Hopefully Muma's going to, I think Muma will get a shot again at some point. I mean, he has to, we have what, six more games left. It, it, I, I don't, I don't see the snap counts being like this every single game from this point out. Something's got to happen. So, um, yeah. so I don't think we've heard the last from him yet. I agree. So to kind of piggyback off of what Jake said with uh, just consistency and tackling, for me, what needs to improve, it was the run defense. And it's like Jake said, 82 of the 200 came on one play. But if you watched last week's show, my key to the game was to double Iowa's production yeah. in rushing. And Iowa did that to Wisconsin. So that's why this is such a big deal for me. I was looking for the Badgers to have 200 to their 100 or 160 to their 80. And Iowa, to their credit, they they did what they do 
and they won the football game, they had 200 rushing yards to Wisconsin's 96. So I do think this kind of pairs in well with what Jake said, that the tackling needs to improve, is that they need to do better against the run. And if you're going to be the guys that are on the field, you have to be the ones making the tackles. I will say I don't expect there to be games where there's zero missed tackles. I would say anything under five as a team, and I'm very happy. Um, anything over 10, I think, is egregious, and you're getting into hurting yourselves territory. Yeah. Uh, and if you're in that five to 10, that's in that uh, that acceptable but needs to be better still range. I agree. Um, Mike, is there anything else you're looking for to improve defensively? I mean, yeah, just, you know, it, it take that one play away, away, right? I mean, I think it was, Hunt, yeah, Hunter Waller even said after the game that um, him and I think it was Jason Matry, they were caught literally sitting or standing in the same exact spot. And I think they were both looking for play action on that specific play. And they just completely, you know, misread it. And, you know, the running back had an open hop, had 80 yards to run with. So uh, yeah. it was just one one bad play, unfortunately. I will say no matter what, even though that did happen, 15 points, we should still be able to win a football game with that. So yeah. um, I, I'm not going to pin – obviously not going to pin this on, um, you know, the defense did well en- enough at the end of the day. Yeah. Um but to me, yeah, running defense, I guess. But that was one bad play. You right. know, it's something that you know they're gonna look at it. Oh shit! But they're gonna move on. So, uh, right. Not too much overall to improve. Yeah. yeah. Overall, like if, if you look at the grand scheme of the defense, I do think they are continuing to be better and better and better and better every week. Good. That's fair. Yep. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, Jake, what? It's, it's tough to pin things down as to what got better, but what got better from the course of Rutgers to Iowa? So you're going to have to hear me out, but I actually do think that the pass blocking was a little bit better. Um, you have to take into consideration, you know, the situations that the Badgers were putting themselves in, you know, be passing and having a young quarterback. You know, people are going to look at the pressure rate and the sack rate and think, oh, no, they didn't block good. Maybe the quarterback didn't read it and he held the ball for freaking four and a half seconds. That's a long time for a big man to block. I won't lie to you. You got to have separation too. Yeah. So uh, take the, take these numbers lightly, but we gave up zero sacks. Uh, we gave up three hits, one from Wedge. Wedge? Wedge? Wedding. Trey Wedding. Wedding. Um, yeah. Riley Mallman and Jack Nelson, they all gave up hits. Uh, Huber gave up two hurries. Uh, Wede gave up one, so three total on hurries, and we gave up six pressures. Uh, Wede gave up two. Huber gave up two. Uh, Mullman gave up one, and Jack Nelson gave up one. So what's the one name you didn't hear from the offensive lineman? was Bordellini. He had zeros across the board. Zeros across the board, so he had a tremendous game. So the offensive line was actually much, much better, in my opinion. If we can run the ball and – that, that was my my final point with this is we didn't even run the ball that good and we had a backup quarterback in. So if you take those those two things into consideration, these numbers are actually pretty decent. Um, I think that it, the pass blocking has been much better than the run blocking. Hopefully we can get downhill north-south a little bit this next week uh, against the Illinois team that doesn't look like it has a ton of talent. So hopefully we can run things in Champaign this week. Uh, Mike, what do you see that improved on the offensive side of the ball? 
Yeah, I'm still gonna go back off of what you mentioned earlier. Uh, we've been we've been asking for this guy to have a good game, and finally, uh, Bryson Green. Even though most of his big plays were in the beginning of the game, uh, yeah. when he first when he caught those first, that first deep ball, I was actually at Brennan's place watch, watching it, watching the game, Jake, and I literally said, "That's why we got him!" Like I yelled that as soon as he <laughs> caught that. And then, of course, right after that, it turns into a fourth and one, and we don't convert. But no, um, we we've been waiting for this with Bryson Green. He was definitely highly touted uh, coming in, one of the big big time transfers. And I don't want to say if you want to call us coming out party in this game, you can. Uh, he did have some big catches for us, but um, I would if there's one thing I did could say like offensively, it's Bryson Green. You know, um, you know, stepping up for us. Uh, besides Will Pauling, who's put together consistent games as well. But uh, I, th I feel like Bryson Green should be call called out this last game because we we needed him. And he, yeah, 17.2 yards per catch is incredible. Uh, we've been waiting for that uh, this whole year. And hopefully we can build off of that, uh, you know, this weekend, starting this weekend. Yeah, and that's, that's what I want to kind of tie in with what I said is improving is the distribution of the passing game. We talked a lot about the depth at the wide receiver position this offseason uh, leading into this season. Uh, Bryson Green had five catches. Will Pauling had eight catches. Chimery DK had four. And then Skylar Bell and Braylon Allen each had three. So the, the ball was spread around pretty well. And I think is going to be a key, um, not specifically for you know the Illinois game in particular, but for the rest of the season in general. Having mm -hmm. as many guys, you know, obviously you want your ball in the hands in the uh, the ball in the hands of your playmakers, but having several guys that you trust to have the ball in their hands, I do think allows the Badgers offense a little bit more breathing room as opposed to if they just had one guy and then the opposing team only needs to look at taking one guy out of the game and then your offense you know becomes stagnant. So having that ability to spread the ball around, I do think is important and I think will continue to be important. Mm -hmm. All right, Jake, going into Saturday, what do you think needs to improve on the offensive side of the ball? So I've been pivoting and pivoting and pivoting, and I pivoted again, and I came to a conclusion today on the thing that really, really needs to improve, and it's third downs. I mean, the point blank period is third downs. Two of 17 on third down is just inexcusable. Yep. How many football games are you winning going two of 17 on third down? I have it written – Right here in my notes, that two for 17 is not okay. They went three of four on fourth down. They had more fourth down conversions than third down conversions. Wow. And, I did not know that. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Well, not impressive, but, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's it's impressive in the wrong way. Yeah. And the dumbest thing about it is, is we had a third and one and a third and two on separate occasions, and we shot ourselves in the foot with false starts. So – even when we couldn't get out of our own way, we couldn't get out of our own way, if that makes any sense to anybody. But we picked up our first third down, a third and four, at 14.56 left in the third quarter. That was our first third down. We were 0 for 10 at that point. That's a long way from going 7-7 seven to seven against Purdue in the first half on third It down. is. And oh, it's, it's going to be a completely different offense. But to be successful with a young guy, and we're going we're gonna to really get into it in, in a couple of minutes here. To really be successful with a young guy, we're going to have to stay in those third and threes, in those, yep. those third and fours. And we're really going to have to grind the hell out of this football. So 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save the rest for what I want to say about Locke when we get to that. But so I'm gonna just kind of tie into helping a young quarterback is they need to take care of the ball. So for me, I put the what needs to improve is the fumbles. Now we had this two weeks in a row now where we've had a little bit of fumble issues. Uh, not only did they have two fumbles on the final possession of the game, but uh, Chimere DK also muffed a punt. Yep. So the ball just it, they need to take care of the ball, yep. whether it's in the air or running the ball. They need to take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. It's it's a an imperative, a mandatory part of the game for Saturday. They need to take care of the ball. So, Mike, is there anything on the offensive side of the ball that you think needs to improve? I'm just going to reiterate the discipline because this has been an issue for, I think this is a storyline like this year, because this has been an issue. I'm calling out the offensive line on this. Jake mentioned we had, and we were only down 10, six, mind you, Brandon Locke was putting together a couple really nice drives. And then we get to the 31, third and two, what happens? Full start, illegal shift, um, you know, what, whatever. And that I got so angry at, at, at the time because we were right there we were about we were about to we we're going on another run i think it was going to be at least 10 to 9 it was a third and two and it was a false start and they had a, a pressure on the third and seven play and there was a holding penalty correct so just reiterating the discipline i mean like i said this has been an issue this year in big moments especially so we, we got to get that cleaned up. Um, we need to make that a vocal point. I was hoping it would be taken care of after the bye week. Unfortunately, it's still kind of a growing issue right now. So, um, you know, whether it's Fick or the position coaches, we we really need to make that a priority going forward, especially for a young quarterback who, um, you know, I thought did pretty well, did pretty well given the circumstances this past Saturday. And he put us in a position to win if we're going to be blatantly like, let's let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, you know, we were down 10 to six with plenty of time to go. He put two back-to-back drives, scoring drives. Um, but we can't shoot ourselves in the foot like that with a young right. quarterback. So, um, you know, we need to be – our line needs to be held more accountable. Offense needs to be held more accountable and just know your role. Yeah, so let's let's transition this. And I will say the time of possession was actually almost identical. Mm-hmm. And – I said this in the the show that Jake and I guess appeared on, and I'm going to say it again as we transition into the offense, is that it is clear that Braylon Allen is not healthy. Not 100% at least. He's He looks like he's operating at like 75, 80% at best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out of the game multiple times with the bicep. We've seen him dealing with nagging ankle injuries for like the last year and a half. We need to be honest that, that Braylon Allen is not playing 100% and therefore cannot handle 25 or 30 carries a game like we might want him to. It needs to be brought up and it needs to be discussed. People are mad that Braylon Allen's only getting 18 carries, but we don't have somebody to spell him at times so he can, can get ready to ramp back up to go in and get some more contact. We, we just can't hand the ball off to him you know, 25 times. He's just not really ready for it. Um, and it's physically not that he's not his preparation, but it's just, he's banged up and you can tell. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything you guys want to say on that topic specifically before we talk a little bit about Brayden Locke. 
Mike, go ahead, buddy. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna be. I'm heavily focused on a on the new QB that's coming to town. But I guess I I, I think Jackson Acres gonna have a few more touches this weekend. I think we're gonna need it, especially like I said, like we said, we've been talking about we're gonna have a new quarterback. Um, I think we're gonna need all hands on deck with uh, other role players. So. I don't see Brett, like you said, I don't see Braylon getting 25 cat, uh, excuse me, uh, touches. I think it's going to be more so committee, especially, like I said, with all hands on deck here. But um, yeah, we're going to need Aker just as bad as Braylon, I think. Yeah. So, and I think that's part of it, too, is he's only been, he's only been thrust into this RB2 role for about a week and a half. Yeah. So Jackson Aker, he could be in line for, you know, five or 10 carries instead of three or four. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to okay. say one thing about the offense real quick. And this is going to be our transition point. And this came from our head coach and at his opening press conference, he said something that is going to ring with this team right now. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Keep that in mind, boys. Yeah, that's perfect. It's perfect for a week like this. Put it on a T-shirt. Hell yeah. Tyler. <laughs> Although yeah, he's yeah. a big shot now, Tyler. You have time to trademark that yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got some some clothes at that Fox River Mall now. Yeah. Oh damn. Which is awesome, Which is awesome for Tyler. Which is awesome. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Um. Okay. So, Mike, I'll let you go first. What are what are you looking for from Braden Locke? What does Braden Locke starting a quarterback mean for the Badgers' offense? I mean, he hasn't been a college quarterback for that long, obviously, but this dude is uh, uh, a Phil Longo uh, prodigy, so to speak. The dude, the dude can sling it. There's a, I, w- I was reading the article today. Um, Bryson Green. It was uh, they were talking with Bryson Green, and they they played each other actually in high school back back in Dallas, Texas. And I have the the. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recess lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at line here so bryson was i believe a senior in high school and Braden was a sophomore or a junior it was a 60 to 59 shootout uh Braden, <laughs> Braden Locke took out bryson green's team Locke was 31 of 49 for 423 yards and six touchdowns damn so, yeah this dude he he's not gonna have a, a problem you know slinging it at at all in my view obviously in this offense you got to do it you know at some point Yep. Uh, yeah. So I guess one of the biggest callouts I'm I'm actually excited for. I kind of mentioned it to you guys in our chat. Um, you know, and this goes with like Jordan Love too. If you can sit in the pocket, right, and make those throws while guys are coming at you and are about to you're about to get hit, if you can sit in there and still make that throw, um, you, you know that that's oh, that's half the battle right there. And we saw that numerous times with Braden this past week. Yep. Um, he had a big, big throw to Chimray DK. I think it was that first drive, actually. And I think it was another one to Skylar Bell as well. So he's just a guy who he, he was calm and cool, collected, and especially in that first part of the second half with, you know, taking shots to make those big throws. So I think he's got the tools to, you know, if he can keep doing what he's doing there, 
Um, you know, not every defense is going to be the Iowa Hawkeyes either. So I'm hoping that, you know, there's going to be some openings um, eventually in this offense. He put a beautiful ball. I think it was on a slant. I think that was to Bryson Green or it was to DK in the end zone. Uh, that was really close to being caught in that third quarter there um, that he just missed out on. But, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, we don't like to see injuries by any means. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about this with Braden Locke, between Braden Locke, Miles Burkett, um, Nick Evers, we got three redshirt freshmen now. And I think the quarterback competition is only going to get better as well. Um, I know we're worrying about this week specifically, but I'm I'm actually excited about that quarterback room. Uh, growing because we're going to have to, especially with, you know, three quarterbacks like this, we got plenty of season left. Um, So for the long-term future, I'm excited as well. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, it sucks that Tanner Mordecai is hurt, but we can still be excited about the opportunity that Brandon Locke has in front of him now. Yeah. uh, Which is really cool. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question on that uh, as after we're done talking about the offense as a whole, but Jake, what are you looking for for the Badgers offense with Brandon Locke as a starter now? So, before I get into it, Mike, I said that yesterday actually on the podcast we were on. As I said that this might be the best case scenario going into to 2024 is to get Braden Locke some some game reps because there's no reps like game reps, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially against you know, like you said, your point, Iowa Hawkeyes defense. Tyler and I talked about it last week, man. They put a lot of goddamn people in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's just let's just call it what it is. And a lot of them are on defense. Uh, to Tyler's point, a lot of some safeties, a lot of D linemen, the linebacker, they they just put in Jack Campbell's pretty good. They got a couple good DBs over there right now. I mean, Castro is absolutely yeah. killing it. So I wanted to bring him up. That dude. In green and yellow. He blew a lot yeah. of shit up for us, man. That guy was Look, all over the place. He's Castro. a really good nickel corner, man. He Jeez. tackles really good. Um, so uh, you know, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I brought that up as well. Obviously, we're going to have to run the ball. I mean, there's no secret. Uh, I'm a, I'm big on running the ball. Um, you get so many opportunities from running the ball. Play action becomes available. Uh, it'd be nice if we could have a reliable tight end. That could be a quarter, a young quarterback's best friend. A tight end needs to step up. Uh, the wide receivers need to be on their P's and Q's, man. They need to be running the correct routes. They need to understand the play calls. They're going to need to help Braden Locke. And, you know, Word around town is is that Braden Locke was right there with Tanner Mordecai in, in terms of understanding the offense. You could tell that this kid was slinging it in high school. If you haven't seen, go check out some of his highlights. They're fantastic. But you could tell that this kid can sling it. He's definitely got the accuracy. When you look at it at his highlights, man, he was he was throwing dots, man. And as my son, my son likes to call it, he had buckets, you know. So I don't know why that has to do with football, but you know, it is what it is, kids. But the wide receivers and the running backs, the tight ends, they're all going to have to help. And I said that the, the the blocking was better. I was a fantastic front seven. They always will be. They always are as long as Kurt Ferentz is there. Those guys are going to get after you, point blank, period. So we're going to go against the Illinois defense. Hopefully this is a good ramp up into the Ohio State game because we're going to have to be ready for that one. You want to talk about five stars at every position, multiple? <laughs> they take a five-star out, they have a five-star waiting. Mm-hmm. And then after. After that, it's a four-star. So, I mean, you're not really getting a big drop-off, right? There's just going to be athletes everywhere. But focusing on Illinois, you know, it's going to be a little bit lesser talent. Still a very well-coached team. I mean, Brett Bielema is – he is a good coach. I think he's a little bit overhyped. Um, there's a reason that he got ran out of Arkansas. And it's not just because they're in the SEC. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to help Braden Locke, and hopefully, hopefully he's comfortable. I mean, that's a hard situation to come into. In a game like that, 
the momentum the way it was, the crowd was kind of disgruntled. That's tough to come into, man. I don't know too many guys that are going to come in there and just start lighting the world on fire. So I don't know what fans were expecting. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing we can probably mention too, is that it's going to, we're going to need a little bit of patience. Oh. Um, we're kind of hitting over the last three, last three weeks, kind of hitting a reset button, losing um, the, the whole sort of show that we were on basically two of the top five most important players in the offense in Tanner Mordecai and Chesma Lucy yeah. over the last three weeks, which is tough. It's a tough it spot is. to be in. So we kind of got to hit a reset on the offense a little bit because we're now starting a new quarterback and dealing with a banged up Braylon Allen and a new running back too. So I'm going to say it. I think it's a possibility that there are even fewer rushing attempts than there was last week. I totally understand the want to have more rushing attempts because it's it's the comfort thing. Uh, it's the it's the comfort zone for Wisconsin football is to run the ball, and I get mm-hmm. that. But looking at the reality of it, one Braden Lock himself is not as mobile of a quarterback as Tanner Mordecai, so we're going right. to see less runs from the quarterback. And Braylon Allen is just not one hundred percent healthy, so. Like I said, I really don't think he's ready for a 25 or 30 carry workload in true Wisconsin workhorse fashion. Mm -hmm. So those things combined with the fact that Illinois is probably going to be like, hey, they have a freshman quarterback who hasn't started a game, has played 30 minutes of football this season. Why don't we put seven guys in the box and play them to make the young quarterback beat us? Dare him to beat us. Yep, exactly. What is what is Phil Longo's philosophy on the offense is take what they give you. Yep. If they're giving you one-on-ones across the board with your wide receivers, mm-hmm. take that. Braden mm-hmm. Locke said it about guys like Bryson Green and Chimray DK and even CJ Williams. And obviously we've seen what Will Pauling can do. And Jake brought up yesterday, Skylar Bell. Mm-hmm. Talking about these guys being in one-on-one situations by saying if it's a one-on-one, they're open. Yeah. So I'm looking at it as with the reality of where our offense stands health-wise, mixed in with the fact that the the air rate is bears like is based on taking what the defense gives you. I could see this being a game where the Badgers pass the ball even more than they have. Mm-hmm. I think hmm. it's in the realm of possibility and something that should be brought up. I mean, let's not forget, Tyler, when we were down at that spring game, too, in Madison. Braden Locke was looking good, man. I don't – this is not your typical – to me, this is not your typical slouch backup quarterback. I think I think Braden's poised enough. I mean, he put us – again, I said this before, he put us in a position to win that game on Saturday. He really yeah. – he honestly did. So, I think he did good. It's just an execution thing. So I think we're I think we're going to be fine long term. Eventually, maybe it takes a couple weeks, yeah. but I don't think this is the typical you know shit backup quarterback that no one's ever heard of or whatever. I right. honestly think that this is going to be a, a decent fit here. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not wrong. Yeah. Not was pretty highly recruited. Yeah, um, offers from Miami, North Carolina. He almost went to North Carolina with Longo when he was uh, there. I thought he had an offer from Missouri too. It's possible. I, I remember Miami, North Carolina, Mississippi State. I think like SMU and TCU, I believe. So oh, those are pretty big schools. And those are kind of who we, we jockey with. I mean, TCU is just in the national championship. So yeah. 
Let's see if I can find it here. Um, oh, Mississippi State. Yep. Um, Louisiana Tech, Louisville, North Carolina. Louisville's not a slouch either, man. They're, Louisiana, they're USF, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Rice, Kansas, Miami, SMU, and Arkansas. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. not TCU, but still. He's he's got a lot of offers. Yeah. I mean, if we're gonna go straight off of offers, look at the past Wisconsin quarterbacks. Come on, let's be real. So this is if we're just strictly going off of offers, this is an upgrade for Wisconsin. With exception yeah. of Graham Mertz, because he was offered from everywhere, but take him out. And yeah. you know, we, we started walk-ons, two-star players from Pennsylvania. Yeah, you get it. Yep. So <laughs> Illinois in the Big Ten has the number 12 defense out of 14 teams, has the number 11 in sacks out of 14 teams, number 13 in interceptions, uh, and are allowing 164 rushing and 234 passing yards per game. So mm. <laughs> Illinois' defense is is beatable, I'll say, as far as the offense is concerned for the Badgers. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to come back to one of those points in a little bit. but So looking at it on the defensive side of the ball, Mike, what are you looking for from the Badgers' defense against Illinois' offense? Badger, the Badger defense. I, You know, the bad, way we're doing Badger defense versus Illinois yeah. offense. So yeah. this quarterback, uh, Altmaier, over 1,500 yards pass. And I actually, I'm going to back up. I did not think, going into this year, Brett Bielema is known for – Running the ball, establishing the line of scrimmage. This this year is is a little bit different in comparison to other um, teams that he's had before. I mean, this guy Luke Altmaier over fifteen hundred yards passing, eight eight touchdowns, nine picks. So what am I looking for forward to seeing? I'm looking forward to seeing our boy Rico make, making another splash this weekend and making plays. Um, this guy Altmaier, he he he's definitely throwing enough picks this year. Uh, yeah, eight to nine ratio. So I, I think that screams uh, opportunities for our secondary to make plays. I like it. Uh, Jake, what are you looking for from the Badgers defense? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. I was just going to say real quick, our boy Rico, he's on the preseason, uh, all well, midseason All-America team at corner, by the way. Sweet. Love it. Really? Big Ten and interception. Yeah. So that's good for him. Hey, very nice. Yep. So yep. I'm looking at two things. Mike, you brought up running. Very nice. Illinois only runs for 127 yards per game. That is not a lot. That in college, that's not a lot. Yeah, in college, um, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. It's pretty mid. Um, we got we got to dominate the line of scrimmage, uh, tackle the running back. That would be a good thing. Um, I'll, I'll get more into the running backs in, in a second here, but they also only convert 32 percent of their third downs. So if we can, yeah, it's it's bad. That's gross. Um, so. If we could, if we could keep them at you know thirty percent on third downs, uh, hold the running game down. I don't see a reason why Rico doesn't get another pick six, man. I really don't. That would be, that would be awesome. That would be a really, really big thing uh, to give the offense some cushion there. I agree. Um, That's all. I will say the Badgers defense. I I kind of said this in the recap a little bit. It's trending in the right direction. Washington mm-hmm. State is still the only team to score over seventeen points against Wisconsin. That's impressive. Um, and Illinois has the number 12 offense in the Big Ten. Yeah, they're just bad. 
that's not impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this is the thing. This is wild to me. <clears throat> Illinois passes the ball on 54.55% of their plays, which isn't crazy. That's a little over half. They allow a 10.74% sack rate. That's not even pressure rate, sack rate. They allow sacks on almost 11% of their plays. Passing plays. Daryl Peterson, where you at? Man, need one. James Thompson's going to need one. I mean, that's almost 11% sack rate. That's 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 nuts. Yes, it is. So, I don't know. Anything else you guys want to say on the defense before we let uh, weatherman Jake take over for the weather report? All righty, Jake, take it away. How's the weather looking for Saturday? It's going to be a beautiful day, man. Um, 63 degrees, partly sunny, wind north-northwest at 8 miles per hour. I mean, that's that's a nice, calm fall day. Uh, perfect weather for, for Braden Locke to go in there and really let the Big Ten know who he is. Yes. Love it. Love it. Uh, Mike, what is the matchup that you're watching? Uh, just specifically in general, I'm going to go – this is actually intriguing. I'm actually – you know, I'm going to go off of what you said, uh, Tyler. I mean, with that stat, with the whole, like, pressure situation, we need – I'm looking for a big day for uh, Daryl P- Peterson. We need to get, hear his name some more. So I'm going to go with that pass rush um, against the Illinois offensive line to create some, to create some sacks. I think uh, – I think they're they're due to, to have a big day. I really like that stat that you shared. I was going back and forth with some stuff, but I really like that. So let's. Uh, I, I think Daryl Peterson's due for a big day against this Illinois offensive line. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, Jake, what's the matchup that you're watching? So I said I was going to get back into the running game, right? So Illinois has two guys that average over five yards a carry, or at least five yards a carry. Uh, Reggie loved the third, 51 carries, 257 yards, and one touchdown. That's five yards carry. And Caden Feigen, 43 carries. He's a freshman, by the way. 43 carries, 232 yards, and one touchdown. That's 5.4 yards per carry. So I have the D-line versus their O-line. We cannot let this running game get going. Force their quarterback to beat our defense. So I went with, and I brought this up for a reason, with Illinois being number 13 in the Big Ten in interceptions, they only have four in all of 2023. So I'm looking at Braden Locke versus the Illinois secondary. So we talked about protecting the ball is something that's that's an imperative that they have to do. If Braden Locke is going to be facing, like I said, if they're going, Illinois is going to line up and say, hey, make your freshman quarterback beat us, and their secondary doesn't succeed at taking the ball away so far through this point of the season, I do see a, a scenario where Braden Locke could have a successful day. Yep. So I'm looking at uh, Braden Locke versus the Illinois secondary. Uh, Mike, what is your key to the game? Keeping Braden Locke protected. Uh, you know, that goes back to the whole discipline thing as well, I think, in some retrospect, but – uh, just keeping keeping a clean pocket, I guess, make making sure Braden gets the throws out uh, and just make it as simple as possible for him to make those quick throws. He's not really known for like throwing too many deep balls, I guess. He doesn't really have too much of a big arm according to what we what I've been what I've been hearing on the articles that I've been 
uh, reading as of late, but he's all about like the quick tosses and everything. So whatever we can do to keep a clean pocket for him to get, get the ball out, um, that's only going to set, set us up for success. Braden Locke and Will Pauling could be a, a combo to watch. Yes. I can. Uh, Jake, what's the, what's the key to the game for you? Uh, that's a good question, Josh. So for me, uh, the first quarter is going to tell you everything about how this game is going to go. Going to tell you everything about the game plan, everything about the defense, their mindset. So my key to the game is get getting lock in a rhythm early. And I was actually reading some articles as well, Mike, that he doesn't have a big arm, but you don't need a big arm. And to Tyler's point, I do think that we are also going to throw the ball a little bit more as well. You can have screen plays that are kind of an extension of the running play anyways. Running through the air is what I like to call yeah. that. Yep. That's a, yeah, that's that's a that's a football term that a lot of people use, and yep. you know, running drags, running slants, uh, out routes, which the Badgers like to use a lot of. Uh, you can beat teams outside the numbers as well as inside the numbers. So, is if the Badgers and Longo have a good game plan for Locke, I think that it's a no brainer that he can have a you know three hundred yard game. I'm not even going to be lying when I say that. <laughs> yeah. If we were going into playing Iowa in this situation, I would be like, eh, but. Illinois, there mm-hmm. is a drop-off in talent, especially defensively. Josh, mm-hmm. after I give my key, we'll come back to that question. For me, the key to the game is patience. And this isn't even for the Badgers. It's for the fans. My key to the game is for patience from the fan base. We're talking no Chesma Lucy, no Tanner Mordecai, a banged-up Braylon Allen, a freshman quarterback. The Badgers have inc- like encountered a wall in the middle of their season. I believe the Badgers will make it over this wall. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to burst through the wall. So that's where I'm looking for some patience, and I think you guys have kind of tiptoed around this by saying that this is going to be potentially something that benefits them in the long run and something that they can, you know, that obviously Brayden Locke is going to have an opportunity to really grow from. But I do think it's going to require some patience, especially when we're talking about two weeks from now playing against Ohio State. There's yeah. going to be wow. some patience required you got to remember tyler that the same people that are complaining on facebook are the same people complaining that the game is on peacock so i mean you you get what you get man (laughs) complaining that they want that coach is fired already i saw that oh my god i think those are some fans that might watch like three to four games a year tops and if they don't like them then they just call for the thing but they can't watch the game Peacock, they already paid uh, for so much. That's probably why I some of the games and I'm watching all of them. So before we do our score predictions, Josh asked why they don't play the kid from Oklahoma. Uh, that's Nick Evers. He, from what everything that I've seen since he transferred here, is that he's got work to do on the mental side of the offense. Um, learning the system is is where Nick Evers is a little delayed. Um, not so much his talent, but it's just learning the the Phil Longo system, and that's why even Miles Burkett has been listed ahead of him. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> Josh, this fucker fluke. Um, I also saw somebody say that Luke Fickle ran Graham Mertz out of town, which yeah. I don't think is a fair criticism either. It was yeah. easily more the fan base than anything. 100% else. it was. I, I mean, do not blame Graham Mertz at all. You know what? You know what? I'll Mertz. say this. I'll say this. Graham Mertz is not losing off the field, bro. He's not losing off the field. You take from that what you want. <laughs> I agree. Is- I know. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about, but I'll, I'll say I agree. 
I'm also going to say real quick off the gram, another gram Mertz point. Every year he was a starter, he had a different play caller too. Yeah, we need to take that, that in. We need to take that into consideration as yeah, well. That's fair. Four years in a row with a different play caller. I, that's just a whole new offense. Potentially, you got to learn. Um, I don't know. I I know. And granted, I know he's got a new offense now in Florida too that he's running, but. Um, you know, I think after, especially last season, he just wanted a fresh start. And I think that had something to do with it, too, to be quite honest. Yeah. Nothing to do with Luke Fickle. He made it clear in his pre- press conference, too, that he talked to Graham and about coming back as well. So that was yep. up to Graham, I think, at the end of the yep. day. And, and I think this is going to be what I think should be the last time we talk about Graham Mertz. And, I agree. You know, Unless he's succeeding, and then we can give him props or something. I don't well, know. Well, that's the thing. is yeah. This is how I phrased it was we defended Graham Mertz. We wish him the best and continue to do so, but he is not part of our current reality. So that's why I think we don't really need to talk about it anymore. Not that, you know, not that I'm saying we can't bring up his name and, you know, shouldn't continue to wish him success, but it's, it's something that we don't need to bring up often of, Oh, we, who misses Graham Mertz now? Like it's, we don't need to do that. That's just, that's just picking at scabs, like just let it heal, move on and wish it the best. Yep. Oh, Mike, I'll let you go first. What is your score prediction from the head, Badgers against Illinois? The head, oh, I honestly think this is still going to be somewhat of a sloppy-ish game. However, I do think we we are going to squeak this out. I got Va- – I'm going to say Vakos. I got Vakos kicking a game winner 23-20 to 20 Wisconsin. Ooh, I did not give Illinois that much credit offensively. <laughs> seeing, no, that's all right. seeing, oh, you go. continuing to get better i do think that that's going to be a factor and that's why i kind of touched on it a little bit before that the badgers defense could carry them a little bit uh i did say on the show that jake and i guessed it on yesterday that i think this game is going to be decided by less than a touchdown um i think the badgers are favored by like one and a half is that but okay that's curious i have badgers 17 illinois 13 no you don't i do no, you don't. Oh, oh, nice. So I said no, you don't twice because that is the exact score that I came to in my head as well. Um, <laughs> I do. I if, if with, this was with, written on paper and not on an electronic device, there would be like eraser marks and pen scratches all over yep. it because I changed like four times. I crossed out two scores. I crossed out two <laughs> scores. And what I finally came to was like, bro, we're he's gonna get sacked. He's probably gonna throw an interception or two. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably gonna fumble the ball. That's, yeah, They're that's probably good. gonna fumble the ball. They're yeah, probably gonna throw an interception. This is going to be sloppy. The only beautiful thing about this day is the weather, to be completely honest with you. Correct. So 17-13 just sounds like the correct score for everything going on. Illinois bad. Wisconsin going through some growing pains and some some major changes at quarterback, banged up running backs. I mean, 17-13 just sounds too perfect. <laughs> it's so Big Ten West. It is. Yeah, right. Is. Um, <laughs> Mike, what about your score from the heart? Everything goes well. Honestly, it's not too much of a change. I, I put down I put down 20, 27 14. Um I, I just we I I want to see more of like what this new offense is gonna look like. And um, yeah, not too much of a change, but I got 27 14. 
Wisconsin. So I, I added a touchdown and I took a point away from Illinois and I have 24 to 12 Badgers. Okay. 24-12. Okay. A lot of field goals. That is a lot of field goals. So for me, with everything going right, that's us protecting Braden Locke, getting the running game going. The defense is dominating. I have 27 to 10. Okay. I'd be excited for that. It's a little bit of an ass whooping, I'm not gonna lie. If they if they win 27 to 10 with Braden Locke in his first start. I'm going to be a psychotic man next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next Wednesday's show will be interesting for sure. Not only uh, we talked about this, not only are we going to be doing our Bucks primer, uh, Stephen Watson's going to be joining us for that. Uh, Mike will be back with us to, to talk about Badgers in Illinois, and then we're previewing Wisconsin and Ohio State, which I don't even think we can call a measuring stick anymore as much as it's just going to be a test of mental toughness, honestly. Yeah. That's what I feel. 100%. All righty. Anything else you guys want to say? No, just looking forward to seeing opportunities with the younger guys or Braden. I mean, at, the, at this point, especially with what's happened, I mean, all you can do is be um, feel opportunistic for some of these guys that are going right. to get their shot. And um, just going back to having three quarterbacks that are redshirt freshmen on our roster, that competition is going to get good, man. I'm telling you, that long term, we are – I think we're in a good spot long term with the quarterbacks, and that's when's the last time we've ever said that as Wisconsin football fans. Kind of in our like since the start of our like being a fan of college football, we've been wanting to have one guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's super exciting. I think on the long term because it's only gonna bring this quarterback competition room to newer heights, in my view. And we didn't even mention our boy Cole the crew. So I mean, you still yeah. got him. Other freshmen. We got maybe Matoyer coming in. Like, I, I like it. So, all right. So, if you're still hanging out with us, uh, October 28th, a week from Saturday, Jake and I are going to be at the Wisco Collect event. Um, we are giving away, that's when we're doing our 5,000 fan giveaway. We have revealed the first two letters of the secret phrase that you'll have to comment on the 10 minute mark when we do our live show that day. Um, we're going to give out another letter today. The third letter of the phrase is, E, another E. So I won't tell you what the first two letters were, but I will tell you where you can find them. The first letter we revealed was on the October 4th live show two weeks ago. And the second letter was revealed on the Badgers versus Rutgers win graphic. So if you want to go back and, and, and figure that out, it's going to be a 13 letter phrase. It's three words. The third letter is E and that's what you got. Comment the phrase and uh, we're going to put together a pretty good bundle uh, for for a Wisco Fanatics fan that pays attention to all of our content. Um, it's going to be a lot of good stuff in there. So other than that, I will see you guys then next Wednesday. Jake, what do you got uh, before we end the show? Uh, one quick thing. If you are planning on joining, going to that Wisco Collect uh, event, that's going to be in Clintonville. So come see us in Clintonville. Uh, I forgot the name of the bowling alley. I should probably should have brought that up. But there's a there's one bowling alley in Clintonville. Like Clintonville. memory Clintonville. lanes or something like yeah, that. It's pretty tiny. So uh, go to the bowling alley in Clintonville. Uh, you'll see Tyler and myself there. We'll probably be the tallest people in the building. So <laughs> look forward like to seeing us there. Time. And uh, yeah, like Tyler said, we're putting together a pretty good uh, sports, uh, Wisconsin sports uh, basket for somebody to win here. So uh, yeah, definitely keep track of those letters. We will see you in Clintonville. All righty. We will be back next Wednesday and then tune in Friday. Jake, Simon, and Bryant are going to be previewing um, Wisconsin, or not Wisconsin, uh, Green Bay and Denver for Sunday. So 
tune in for that. And then I will see you guys next week. Yep. Take care, boys. Bye, guys.